Hey, sports fans, thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and I think the NHL playoffs are going to be a bloodbath. I'm Jones, and rest in peace, Ultima. I'm Kudo, and happy birthday, Uncle Danny. Danooch, what up? Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wild of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Catch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. It's funny to meet you. Screw up. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, we recap the NHL trade deadline. We have more quarterback movement in the NFL. The MLB is experimenting with a couple rule changes in spring training. Hoss got stuff to talk about, including March Madness, Survivor, and Big Brother Canada. And as always, or sometimes, we close the show off with Scrutinizer Jones putting us on the grill. I like sometimes. <laughs> this is Into Sports and Stuff. All right, boys. NHL trade deadline. The holy grail of days in the hockey calendar came and went. Pretty busy day overall, but kind of underwhelming. A lot of the big deals broken ahead of the deadline, uh, including the Leafs acquiring Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell from the Seattle Kraken for a couple of uh, couple picks. Traded Travis Dermott to Vancouver, and that was it. They signed a goalie, and Arizona fucking claimed him. <laughs> Harry Sateri, or as uh, they call Jerry. him, Jerry. <laughs> How best do you think that guy is? <laughs> it, well, as everyone said, they knew he was getting claimed by somebody. So them signing him to a contract was kind of pointless. Well, you didn't know he was getting claimed, but oh, you everyone probably knew he figured he would get claimed. Yeah, it was. I think the best. I think the Panthers did the best. Best uh, improvements in the trade deadline era or like Giroux, Sherrod, Sherrod. That's it. Uh, yeah. That's all they needed. Fair enough. That's all they needed. Tampa Bay made some pickups, tried to rebuild that, uh, checking line they had that, you know, they lost last year, the Gord Coleman, uh, Goudreau line. I think, uh, they picked up, uh, not Goudreau, Barkley. Good. Goudreau. Oh, sorry. Goudreau, right. Goudreau or Goudreau. Is good that nice? It. I don't know. I good just row. say good row. I don't know. Good row. Good row. Good row. Good row. Good row. I don't know. Anyways, continue. Potato, tomato, whatever. You know. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, they picked up uh, Nick Paul from the Sens uh, to go with. Um, was it Hagel? They picked up from uh, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, Hagel. Don't know who he'll who the third will be on that line, but a couple uh, good grind players, I think. You know. I didn't think Nick Paul was a particularly good player, but apparently he had a lot of value around the league and the Sens were trying to re-sign him and a lot of teams calling and Matthew Joseph going the other way. I thought the Sens won that trade, in my opinion, but I'm kind of, I guess I'll say I'm uneducated on maybe some of these hockey moves, but you know, I thought Matthew Joseph is a better player than Nick Paul, but maybe that's just me. That's I just, think Nick Paul was putting up better numbers this year for like scoring-wise. You could be right, Kudo. Yeah, he was having a good year, for sure. Not going to lie, I didn't do my uh, numbers research, so... What do you do on this show, Jones? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Add some banter here and there, you know? Barely does the grill anymore. I can't, can't get into your fucking wrestling talk, you guys, and your, your wrestling. Could. You just choose not to. I uh, I told you the least needed to get Marc-Andre Fleury. It didn't happen. To Minnesota. That sucked. But... It sounds like they were in on Mark Andre Fleury. See, I, I did tell you that they were going to go after Mark Andre Fleury. And I so was it you that leaked Leaf it? Fans. I have a bone to pick with Leaf fans too tonight. Were you the one who leaked it? I didn't leak nothing. It was Duber me. doesn't tell me shit. Duber's pissed. I it. He ain't happy. That's for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. You should, you should ask Kyle Davidson about that and his his media availability. <laughs> yeah, and he basically said, "I'll just talk to Kyle about it." I'm like, whatever. But he's Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I, I don't even know if the Leafs side of that was really leaked. I don't know what. Yeah, there was know, like it sounded Marazic. like it was picks, picks. Oh yeah, it was Morazic and picks and prospects and a prospect or two. Yeah, Spees or whatever his name is. Yeah, Spies, Nyes. No, Nyes. That's it. Yeah. So it was it was leaked, but it was like 
I think Mrazek knew if the Leafs were bringing in a goalie, he was most likely going the other way. Like, yeah, they put him on waivers the other day when they made the Giordano trade. So I don't yeah. think it wasn't too far fetched to see that if the Leafs were making a goalie move, that they were going to try and ship him out somewhere. So, but yeah, oh, Mrazek, yeah. Eh? <laughs> oh, I got a bone to pick. With you got to win tonight. Got to play yeah. in. He's got to play in uh, his second New Jersey in the in the last little bit. Yeah, but he got put on waivers. He cleared waivers, and the coach makes a comment of like, "Well, tell, but I've got to tell you something if you clear waivers." Yeah. And then he has to come back like a day or two later to play to start tonight for them. <laughs> like, what's going on in that fucking guy's head? Like, that must have been fucking with his mind. Oh, for sure. Well, I'm sure they had a conversation with them, and they it was you know. It, they were taking the risk for sure, but I think it was a pretty calculated risk that no one was going to claim them. So they were able to move them, get under the cap, and then you know use their LTIR uh, dollars in the in the meantime. I think it's pretty straightforward hockey uh, maneuvering with the salary cap. So yeah, but I see where kudos coming from. Your coach basically called you out. Yeah, yeah, you've been <laughs> you've been playing like shit. I get it. Fuck, so has Campbell been playing like shit? You don't really hear the coach say say anything about Campbell either, right? So No, he just blames it on the injuries. Campbell also goes and speaks with the media after all his loss and says, yeah, I should have stopped it. I don't like giving, any, giving up any goals and dealing with yeah. the media. So, yeah, but doesn't Mrazek does the same thing too, does he not? He kind of takes I responsibility I don't see any well. Mrazek sound bites in there. Well, that's because that's all they show is Campbell sound bites. Like, yeah, I, he's- I'm, I'm assuming... Most ninety percent of the players go and talk to the media after the game. You just don't see what they say, right? Like, yeah, it's not always unless you unless you watch it. That's the way I look at it. But like, I was watching the bit of Leaf game tonight, and I had this conversation with Gindon like probably three weeks ago when Campbell was in net one night, and like Leaf fans, he had shot. He gets a shot from the point, makes a save, and the Leaf fans are chanting "soup." And I'm like, okay, that was a pretty routine save. Yeah. And then tonight, Mrazek makes like a 10 bell save when the games, I think it was 2 1, I think it was 2 1 uh, Devils, makes a great save. And the fucking fans are just sitting on their hands. Like, don't even, don't even clap for him. Don't do anything. I'm like, what do you want them to cheer? Mraz! No, but like, fucking clap. Yeah, weren't they booing him off as like yeah, when he was coming off, him the, off the other night? Like, at least clap for the fucking guy. We that made a great on. save. We're all we're Shalgren. We're Shalgren team now. It's soup and Shalgren. Like I don't even know why this bum Marazic's still kicking around. This is why Mark Andre Fleury did not want to come to play for the Leafs because they fucking are so hard on the fucking goalies and they always blame goalies that no goalie wants to fucking play for them. Well, you're probably pretty I right. Think, but I don't think that's true. I think it is fucking true. Peter Marazic. Look at the way the fucking Leafs fans just turn on goalies every fucking like two seconds. They're going through a slump, and they're blaming the fucking goalies, booing the goalies when they come out of the fucking game. Okay, yeah, but there's no need to boo your own fucking goalie. That's like the shit with throwing the fucking jerseys. I hate that crap, too. Whatever. That's a different should have made the fucking save. That's for another time. Fuck. Goal- goalie doesn't want to get booed. He better stop the puck. Well, his job is to stop the puck the first time. He doesn't have to sit there and stop fucking 10 shots in a row after that. His defense have to get the puck out of the zone. And Ford's got to help out, get the puck out of the zone. That's why you have defense to clear the puck after the goalie makes a save. If he can't fucking cover it for the whistle, the D's got to help him get the puck out of the fucking zone. How many goals have the Leafs given up on the tenth shot this year? Well, they gave up just one like tonight on the fourth <laughs> shot. Just to... yeah, I was gonna say probably like less than that, right? Because it's in by like the second or third. They gave one up on the fourth one tonight, so you were pretty close, Kudo. Yeah. So I didn't even watch the game either. I'm watching the prospects game. It's a good game tonight. We're wearing the nice, nice new jerseys. Justin Bieber designed them. Black Bieber and my blue. Balls. <laughs> what's like he going him. for? What, what's with the yellow in the inside, though? Is he trying to be like Tim Hortons or the Bruins? Something about Drew House. Is Drew House a thing? I'm, I'm yeah, not. That's I'm, his, not that's, with, I'm not. That's I'm like not his brand it, so. or something. It's a content house, though. I think isn't it Drew House? No, no. It's just it's called just Drew, isn't it? Drew. I don't I know. Was just I Drew. Drew. I saw something Drew House. I oh, I don't fucking know. I'm not fucking 16. Somebody who's woke, get at us and let us know. Drew House. Continue to the house Bieber's, of Drew. Uh, brand or his line of clothing where you can get a yellow tracksuit for like 700. Drew House is a community, a place where you can be yourself and loved, encouraged, safe, and valued. And then it's just like a merch store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his brand or his line of clothing. 
Yeah, so he designed the the yellow and black jersey. That was his design to the jersey. But why did they have to put it in the inside of the jersey and make it reversible? Because they weren't going to wear that fucking piece of garbage on the face. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I, I like it. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do look like the Bruins, though, with the black and yellow. Yeah, yeah the, blue, the blue side is good, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying... Like, the blue side, I think, was designed by the actual marketing people in Toronto with their yeah. dessert jerseys. And the, yeah, but uh, people probably said, hey, let's make a black jersey. I'll just put the blue numbers and blue leaf on it. We'll put the, we'll put the Tim Biebs logo on it. And yeah. then, like, put, yeah, let's put the, the, the <laughs> Bieber balls on the fucking Timbits there in the, the inside. Tim Biebs. Yeah, the Tim Biebs in the inside. Yeah. Fuck, I'm Bieber my we balls. Were, we, were, we were talking about this before the show, guys. This reversible jersey concept, I'm I'm in on it. I think that it's a marketing like it's going to be genius. It's going to be the next thing. You make you make a home and away reversible jersey like that. I think it's going to sell. This this jersey was is sold out on the Drew House website. It's sold for two hundred and thirty dollars. I'm I don't know if that's Canadian or U.S. That's probably U.S. That is but, not. You know, I don't you, even you think get, that's you make one jersey. You can wear it two ways. You sell it for like 1.5 times the amount. Um, so it's less than buying two jerseys, but it's it's more than buying one. You're going to you're gonna get people that buy it. They want both jerseys. They're going to have the, you know, you want to change the juju mid-game. You just flip that jersey around. You you know, you're eating your hot dog. You spill a little mustard. You just flip that baby flip around. <laughs> Nobody, none's the wiser. Uh, I think it's yeah. it's genius. Next you gotta, level. You got to market for the the fans. I don't think the players could be wearing a reversible jersey. It'll be too heavy in a way on the ice. Yeah. Why would the fucking players wear a reversible jersey? Kudo. Like, get your head out of your oh, ass. It could be like the Mighty Ducks coming up for the third period. They need to change things up. So let's throw on the Ducks one instead of having the Team USA jersey on. What do they have? Reversible socks too. Yeah. You could change them between periods. I feel like they can change their socks within about thirty seconds because they take their skates off. Most yeah, of majority of them take skates off. off. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. Why would they? You get like what fifteen they, minutes would, between. If they were going to change their jerseys, why wouldn't they just change the whole outfit and and change their jersey? Why would they have, need a reversible one? It's it's for the fucking fans, kudo. Like yeah, exactly, you know. markets for the fans. Yeah, well, who else would you market it for? You're not marketing it for the players. So they're selling these reversible jerseys. Talking on, to your Mike Jones. Selling these reversible jerseys on ShopNHL.com, and they're 190 bucks. And I'm pretty sure you can get like a regular priced Austin Matthews Leaf jersey is 249 bucks. So is there any player name on stuff on these Bieber jerseys, or is just oh, a yeah, plain Bieber jersey? I see Matthews one here. I don't and know. It's going for 190. Yeah, that's this pretty one, cheap. This one might not be reversible. It is not. Oh, that's the problem. Or else it'd be a lot more money. Well, it, it is reversible and it doesn't have Matthews on the. Yes, it's reversible, but it doesn't have the name and number on the um, the backside. On the inside. On the inside, yeah. So then, when we reverse it inside out, you're gonna you're gonna see Matthews come through the back, like. No, you wouldn't. Backwards. The, no, the name plates are the way the name plates are stitched on. You don't see them, but no. you see the numbers. No, you won't see the numbers too because of the layer of fabric, probably. Because I saw a picture of uh, Matthews and Marner, like. Showing them off, and Marner had the uh, the jersey his, turned inside six, out, and yeah, you could see his was all backwards. Yeah, everything was backwards. Yeah, because you could see this shit from when you reversed it, which shouldn't be. You shouldn't shouldn't go backwards. They fucked up. I feel like reversible jerseys have happened before in the NBA. Oh, NBA for sure. It's so easy to do that. I, I just don't see them as a uh, as a hockey jersey. As a hockey jersey, personally, but hey. If someone wants to buy a reversible jersey, all the power to them. I'll just buy a, I'll just buy two different jerseys so I can get two players on said jerseys. You're too old to be getting players' names on the back of the jersey. You're never too old, Kev. Unless you're getting fucking O'Neal and uh, I don't know Dougie Gilmore. You know you got you got to be ironic at least or or nostalgic. Why you can't don't I, even uh, bring up Matt Sunday Matthews jersey. You can, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's, he, okay, you can get an Austin Matthews. He's the best player in the world. No, he's not. Mm. Why can't I get a, a Shalgren jersey? 
How about a Harry Sateri? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. If I Call really Jerry. want to, if I really wanted to, I'm pretty sure I could take the nameplate off my Gustafson jersey, put Shalgren on the back of it, and it'd be a perfectly fine jersey. Try it out. I might Do have it. to. I might, I might have to you look got, for you the Gustafson. You got nothing to lose, that's for sure. I'm just saying. I, I don't see why you can't buy a jersey with a name on it. I don't know. I think you're... How old is too old Yeah, to, go, to be buying a jersey with a name on it? I don't, I don't, I don't make the rules. Well, you just exactly. said you think I'm too old. So you must know that there's – I was just wondering what too old was. Is like a year ago too old? <laughs> Half your age plus seven. <laughs> I think that's something else, Hosk. Oh, <laughs> that's not oh, jersey. Sorry. <laughs> that's a whole another ball game right there. My mistake. And is it half your age plus seven <laughs> or minus seven? <laughs> we'll let you decide that one, Kudo. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Depends on how old I get. I am. Depends how old the Philly is you're going after. I think. <laughs> She's too young for you, bro. <laughs> no, she's half my age, minus seven. Duh. <laughs> um, NHL top prospects game going on. Guelph Storm, well represented. Yeah. The old dog is behind the bench, or he was behind the bench. So is George Burnett, coach for the Guelph Storm. Zilkin playing on the top line beside uh, Shane Wright. Kudo, are you watching this game with... Uh, uh, a sense of excitement for how high you're going to be drafting or a sense of fear knowing you're no longer going to get Shane Wright? No, no, we're getting Shane Wright. I'm excited watching Shane Wright play. Aren't you guys winning games now? No, we lost last game. Oh, okay. We lost against the Bruins on, what, Monday night? Oh, I bet you Carly just loved that game. Yeah, we lost in overtime. Do you think they're going to keep St. Louis beyond the season or are they going to bring in an actual coach? You know what? I'd be okay with them uh, keeping uh, St. Louis around for next year. He's going to be uh he's going to not be the head coach. He's going to take a role with the team though. I think that would make sense, Jones. Uh Kudo and I think if St. Louis is the head coach, he is the third head coach in 3 years to get fired mid-season. Why would he get fired uh, mid-season? Cuz I don't think he's going into I think next year. Yet. Them, no, no, I'm just saying that I think his success right now is kind of Based on underachievement, and he's kind of got them having fun again and enjoying the game. Yeah, exactly. He's he's got them having fun, but I don't think he's like instilling structure and you know building a NHL hockey program. I think he's just letting how do you the guys know that you're not with the team? Play. You're not you're practices. Right. I'm, not, I'm not. It's just my observations. It's what I what I feel about the situation. Uh, but I feel like he's just letting them kind of run wild and, you know, play like these guys are NHL hockey players. They, they know a little bit about, you know, positioning structure. There was some, some structure there before, but I don't think he's coaching them up on playing the trap or anything like that. That's going to make them a playoff team down the line. I think they're playing hard and they're playing, they're having fun and they're, uh, they underachieved early. And I think that they're catching teams off guard right now. Teams are taking them lightly because they fucking suck in the standings. And uh, that's why they're having some success under him. Well, I don't believe it. So you think he's going to be the head coach? I think they might give it to him next year, yeah. See, uh, because next year they're still like, they're still kind of. What do you insulate them with? Building the team, right? Do you think they bring in, like, I don't want to say like the Claude Julian types, but like obviously he wouldn't be back, but those type of coaches that are. NHL head coach pedigree, like, you know, two of them on the staff or something to insulate him so that, you know, he's got people that know how to coach at that level or what would you like to see? Well, obviously you'd want to have somebody come in as assistant coach that's got pedigree to help him, like, you know what I mean? Kind of guide him to a, to give him that experience and everything. But for me, I feel like they brought him in to give a kind of a different look at it and a different perspective from like someone who's played the game, knows the game. You know how like when, Arizona, where when they were Phoenix, they brought in Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky never fucking coached a game in his life. He just came from fucking being an ex-player and running right to coaching, and he did an okay job because he knows the game. St. Louis, I think, is a smart. He was a smart player, good player, knows the game. He can come in and kind of give them that, like, from what he's learned from his coaches in the past and everything. Are you looking up Wayne Gretzky right now? You should. I don't think he ever coached I'm before. I'm looking he up his coaching record. Yeah. Like, I think he coached more in the year, I'm pretty sure, Gretzky, did he not? 
He did, but he got into like ownership of the team, which is why they kept him around. Yeah. His coaching record for five teams, it says, I don't know why he said five teams, but his coach record, 123 wins, 289 losses, and 48 ties. Yeah, but he was coaching with, with like three Phoenix at the time. Losses. It was fucking terrible. And they were like an expansion team that came in. You just said he came in knowing hockey on his yes, pedigree and, and had that, but, I'm not, but I'm saying like, obviously right now, they're not going to be winning. Saint Louis, Martin St. Louis' record on his coaching pedigree, 150 wins, 220 losses, and 70 overtime losses over the next five years. And you're happy with that? No, I'm not saying that's going to be the next five years. I'm just saying that right now he's bringing in a different kind of culture into the like they're not going to go back to the old fucking dudes anymore. I'm, I like, didn't they, it's changing. So like, no, but if he's your head coach, do they bring those guys? Like he he doesn't. He's not an NHL coach. Uh, I will put it out there. He's not an NHL coach. Well, he could be now. He is now. They're giving him a chance, and he's showing that he can be an NHL coach because they're winning games. Yeah. The guy that should be coaching that team is going to leave in the offseason and get a head coaching job, I bet. And then uh, then we'll see what happens without Luke Richardson there. What's Vinny LeCavalier's role there? Does he have a role yet? Yeah, he does. Advisor to the general manager, I think, or something like that. Yeah, along those lines. Almost like assistant, kind of, yeah. It's, I don't think he's the assistant GM. He's just the, the advisor. He may be assistant GM. Something, he's... I'm just wondering if he takes a step back and, like, takes the assistant coaching job or I feel like he'd be way better in, like, a player development role. Ooh, St. Louis? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He could be using this year. They could be using him this year just to see how the team is and what kind of – he's already in the dress room, see what they kind of need and what, you know. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I'm going to give you two names that I think would be better head coaches in Montreal next year. You tell me – if you would like either of them there. First, uh, I just lost his fucking name. Paul Maurice. Look okay, what who's he the did other? with the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, and who's the other? John Tortorella. Doesn't speak French, so no. Yeah, they both. And, like, uh, yeah, I don't think either of them speak French. Which, no, but I don't think Tortorella is like. I wouldn't take Tortorella. I don't think his like but his coaching style. In, Tortorella's in. He's got relationships with those with that group, like from Tampa Bay. He might come in as New an York. assistant coach. He won't be a head coach. Maybe. I don't know. I see St. Louis more on the player development. But if you keep St. Louis there, would you? how would you feel about Tortorella coming in as his assistant? Would you be good with that? I think I'd be good with that. Tortorella runs the show and St. Louis talks to the media. Yeah, because I feel like Tortorella and St. Louis have a good uh, relationship because they did when, yeah, other, the, like, when the he coached them and everything. Yeah, and then he's, he's got like Le Cavalier he had a good relationship with in Tampa. Well, he coached. Wasn't St. Louis part of the Tampa Bay team too when Torella was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so. So they know them Hughes, from like, yeah, yeah. And then Hughes uh, was LeCavalier's agent. Yep. And Gordon was with the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting the pieces together here for you, Kudo. Yeah, I know, but I, I'm just saying that I like St. Louis right now because he's kind of he's he's put back together the Suzuki, Caulfield, Anderson line, and they've been great. Those three, like he's giving the younger guys a chance at playing where I feel like Ducharme wasn't doing that. Like he was putting Caulfield on the fourth line and just bearing him down there and just being like, whatever. Like, Caulfield also gonna... was playing like garbage. Yeah, I so... know. And, but he, he wasn't giving him the minutes that he needs to like fucking get out of that slump and shit. Right. He wasn't giving them a chance. And St. Louis kind of brought in that thing and gave Caulfield the confidence and being like, Hey, I'm going to put you back up here. You're, you're going to get going again. And I think Ducharme wasn't doing that with the players because they were losing. He was just like, ah, oh, like, I'll just keep you on the fourth line. You haven't been playing great. Instead of like, no, I'm going to give the confidence for you to fucking get out of this slump and get going. So I'm putting you back on that fourth line or first line. Get out there and fucking do it. I'm putting you with Suzuki and Anderson. He wasn't doing shit like that. He was kind of becoming stale, it seemed like. He was just like, well, whatever. Here's here's the four lines and here you guys go. Like he wasn't trying to change things up. I think St. Louis is letting them play. and not always having to sit back on like a one or two goal lead for fuck's sake. That pisses me off too when they do that shit. Yeah, but he's not have, installing any real systems, right? Well, like, we don't know that yet. Like, do you set up practices? And I don't know if he's doing that or not. Well, you just said that he just sits back and lets them play. Well, I'm saying right, like, fuck off. Like, you know what I fucking mean? Because every team has fucking systems. You have a certain breakout. You have a certain fucking penalty kill and power play. But yeah, I'm just saying, have, like, he's also letting them just play. Systems, like, you have. He's not making them just sit back on a fucking one nothing lead. It's like, no, if you guys can go fucking score a goal, go and score a fucking goal. Yeah, but you. You need to be able to sit back on a one goal and lead sometimes. 
Yeah, but sometimes it's fucking sometimes bullshit you need to, to sit back and like thinking you don't have your goaltending one, right two, now two. to fucking do that though. I'm just saying, sometimes you need to be able to like coach the team in certain systems and how you're going to want to forecheck and how you're going to want to defend a okay, lead. Okay, but and... we know the Habs aren't going to the fucking playoffs, so why are you doing all that right now anyways? Let them fucking play the game. To see which Show them a few things here and there, and there you go. Let's call it a fucking day. But you want to Fuck. see which players can learn and which players can't, right? Yeah, you should fucking already know that. Well, St. Louis doesn't know that. He just got there. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, I want to give uh, I want to give some props to your front office, though, Kudo. I think they did very well at the trade deadline. I thought they dumped a lot of a lot of garbage. It was I, a I lot of garbage. Well, the, the returns they got for the peep, the pieces they gave up, they got they traded Lekin in and held retained half his salary, and you get Joel Barron, who was a first round pick, and they get uh, a second round pick. So you get basically a first and a second for fucking. Lekkinen, who yeah, but Lekkinen has been on scratch. Fire. What do you mean a healthy scratch? They only fuck. He's been playing really well for the Habs, or he was. Yeah, that's why his value went up. Right, right now he's playing well. Before that, he was in and out of the lineup. No, he wasn't. He's a fourth liner. No, he wasn't. Okay, you last year the playoffs, he was games? for sure. No, because they fucking suck. Last oh, year in the playoffs, fuck. we he was fucking like, suck. That's why I don't fucking watch them either. Worry about your fucking goaltending. Jake Evans was playing over him in the playoffs. No, he wasn't. Jake Evans was put out. Until he got put out, Jake Evans was playing over him. <laughs> so until, until Jake Evans did that backwards cartwheel somehow on the ice there. Yeah, okay, bud. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to give you a compliment here, Kudo. If you don't want it, we'll move on. Yeah, they did really well on the returns. They did really well. Yeah, like I, I would feel good about being a Habs fan for about looking three, four years down the road because I think that they have some people – capable of rebuilding the team that's what i'm saying but they still won't admit that it's a full rebuild so it's not a full rebuild okay well they've never said it's a full rebuild they're restructuring the team well hopefully they can restructure carrie price's contract that's even if he comes back to play has he been on the ice yeah but he missed practice today did they say why i didn't catch it if they did you call yourself a fan? Like, we're trying to do a podcast here, Kudo. Well, like, I don't have all the yeah. time in the world to be fucking tracking Bring every fucking, fucking practice. And... To us. You know, you know we're going to be talking about fucking Carey Price. So what are you fucking worried about? You know we're going to be talking about fucking Carey Price. You can't even bring a storyline to the show. Fuck you. And it's not like I got fucking Duber on the fucking line like you do. I don't have Duber on the line. Yeah, you do. You fucking talk to Duber. That's how you got your free ticket to go to the fucking Heritage game, or whatever the fuck they call that. My sources may speak to Duber, but I do not personally um, have a relationship with him currently. Yeah, my sources as well talk to Duber. You don't have sources. Oh, I have sources. How's Reg doing? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a little while. I was going to say, is, it, is that your source? <laughs> I think he's upset with me. I didn't go to hockey on Friday. Uh, all right. We talked last week a little bit about uh, Deshaun Watson. Turns out he's not going to the Saints or the Panthers or the Falcons. He decided that he wanted to go to the Cleveland Browns, who offered him a contract extension with a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract extension. It was it three first-round picks, a second and a, a fourth or something like that going back? Something stupid like that, yeah. Crazy trade. But yeah, so Deshaun to the Browns. And then in the aftermath of that, um, Matt Ryan goes to the Colts for a third-round pick. Uh, the Colts have to fully guarantee his second year. So I think he's got a $57 million guarantee with them or something like that over two <clears throat> over two years. Uh, I think the because all the bonuses paid out already, I think the Falcons have something like $40 million in dead cap uh, from this. <laughs> Fucking... I don't know. But they signed Marcus Mariota, so uh, go Falcons. <laughs> it's your new team, Kev. No. no Marcus Mariota is even worse than Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I was talking to Geendon about this the other day. Uh, this is what I think the Falcons are doing. They're not going to draft a quarterback this year, I don't think. I think they played out this year with Mariota. If he's successful and he's good, they you know they get found money and they you know can sign him to an extension and you know keep him in the fold. If he sucks, you uh, you play Josh Rosen, see if he's anything after being a tenth overall pick four years ago. See if he's matured at all into a into a player. 
and you give him a chance, see if you get any get some found money there. And if he sucks too, then you've had Mariota suck, you've had Rosen suck. You could throw in that Arkansas quarterback that they they have as their third stringer. I forget his name. Felipe Franks, maybe? Was that or is he not there yet? I'm not sure. I don't know. But anyways, um and then if, but if, if Rosen and Mariota both fucking suck, then you're going to be picking high and you can draft a new franchise quarterback next year. I think that's that's the game plan for the Falcons. Well, I think these guys know probably what's going to be coming out in the draft this year, next year. Like I hear this year is not really a big QB, talented QB draft pool. I think there's like two or three guys that they think might come to something. But there are a few years away, I think, from the way I'm reading into things. Yeah, they're not even going to be like high draft picks. Like they won't that they, they don't think a quarterback's going to go in the top ten this year. No, like I think they're they're talking like Kenny Pickett might be like the first That's one to go. Kenny Pickett and Malik uh, Jones or something. And then there's even that guy from Old Miss, Matt Matt Cor- uh, Corral. Corral Corral Corral, yeah, something Carol, like that. Yeah. But like I said, I don't think like they know that there's not going to be a real high caliber draft quarterback like there was last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like what they have five in the first fucking first round or something like that last year. Yeah. And how many of them started a game? Field started. Jones started. They all started games this year. Pardon? All five of those guys, all five of those guys started games this year. Yeah. So like um, 49ers guy. Um, Trey Lance. Yeah, he's. He's still in a development phase. Yeah. He just got thrust in because of injury. Yeah, I think like so. These guys know like, oh, this year's cra- class probably isn't going to be as strong, and next year's class is going to be this much better. So, if we can band aid this job together, because like apparently they're looking for everything. Like they don't have wide receivers, they don't have fucking offensive line, they don't have a quarterback. Like they're going to be garbage. So why waste a pit? Like take the best available is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think. Like I think that's kind of the Texans' approach too. They they got rid of Deshaun. They got a mitt full of, of draft picks, but they're gonna give um, Davis Mills, guys, Davis Mills, the the starters' job this year. He apparently came out a year early. There was ta- he. They think he would probably be one of the top in that top tier for this year's quarterback draft. And yeah. he's still around. So you you know give him another year, see if he's anything, and if he's not, then. Uh, and then go ahead and try to find a, a franchise quarterback in next year's draft. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, I think. We had a, another big trade today, though. Uh, Tyreek Hill going from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. And then he signed a, a five-year extension with the Dolphins. I think it puts him just over just over the Devontae Adams contract. Yeah. So he, he had 18 mil left. Adam signed for 153 or something like that. And I think he signed for 130 or, you know, something that puts him in that ballpark anyways. I don't know the, I don't know the exact total, but he's going and it was for like five picks. It's like a first third and six this year. And then a fourth and seventh next year or something stupid like that. Like, so like, fucking wide receiver, like, what are you doing? I'm just trying to figure out what he, why he wanted out of KC, like because they brought in Juju. Like, is that why? I, like, I don't think Juju. Like, they've had good receivers there. That's before. what I mean. I think it was more they. Was his contract? Be the it? highest paid. Uh, I think he wanted to be the highest paid receiver, and they couldn't get to that number. Yeah. So I think they offered him a big extension, probably like you know, twenty five mil per season, something like that, or twenty low twenties per season. Uh, but he wanted to be above uh, Devontae Adams. So they moved him. They got a handful of picks and uh, cap flexibility. And they still got, you know, Kelsey. They got Juju. They still got Hardman. They got Pringle. Um, uh, I don't know if Pringle's still there. No. Uh, yeah, I think he is, they, isn't he? The Cowboys signed up Pringle. I, I think it was a different one. I think he was a tight end, though. Yeah. Pringle might still be there. They also got uh, What's Josh his Gordon. Name? They, George Gordon. That's what I was thinking of. So, you know, we'll see. But it, the move doesn't make any sense for me from the Dolphins. Like, he he and, Jade and Jalen Waddle play the same position. Well, like, Waddle can play on the outside, though. Uh, Pringle is not with the Chiefs anymore. Sorry. 
Waddle did take a lot of snaps on outside and not in a slot. Did Pringle go to the Broncos, Kudo? No, he went to the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I, I recall seeing that now, yeah. Yeah, but Waddle doesn't, like, they're both, like, small receivers, right? Like, they're not going to be, like, you know, the big outside threat. They can, they're just, they're speed guys, so they just have to outrun the coverage. Can't cover two speed guys, I guess, is their mentality. Like when you think well, about maybe it. they, or they, you know, they're both going to have, yeah. One's going to get doubled. One's going to take your best corner. And then you hope that, you know, and they have like Gisecki over the middle and, you know, hope that he, uh, you know, that he'll, he'll probably have a big year, I would think. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, they're probably, that's probably what they think, right? Like you got two speed guys. One's going to get doubled. One's going to take the best corner and you're basically hoping the guy that takes the best corner can get open and you're hoping that your other guys are able to make catches. Like is Devonte Parker still there too? Uh, as far as I know, like he was good at one point. So like you never know, right? Yeah, he's still there. Kudos got the rosters on fucking speed right now. Actually, it's just basically looking at my fantasy team from last year. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what, uh, what happens there, but I think the Chiefs are going to draft a draft a wide receiver too now. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, they have two first round picks this year, right? So, mm-hmm. if one of those Bama receivers is available when they pick, yeah, I think they would jump all over that because one the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, so that's going to be like a 14, 15 pick. I would think they were close, but not in. Yeah, I think they. I would think that they would have to take that Bama receiver with their first of their first of their first round picks. Because I think well, there's two of them. There's a Williams, yeah. and then there's um, uh, the other one that got hurt. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I forget his name, but um, I'm thinking that one of them's going to the Pats. You think so, they're going to team up a Bama Bama connection with Mac? Well, you got to look at like it's happening a lot right now. Yeah, you have to look at what uh, the Bengals did right with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So. The Dolphins did it too with uh, with Waddle, Waddle and Tua, yeah. So I, I, f- I feel like there was another one too that that happened. I'm sure there is. Well, oh, you got uh, Devonte and uh, yeah, Derek Carr and Devonte Adams, year. but they they haven't played together in ten years. So <laughs> yeah, but they're still still old teammates, right? Kind of thing. So how do you guys feel about uh, Mason Rudolph's tough week there? Ouch! <laughs> he had a really bad week. Tough week for him. Kudo. There's another ex-wife of yours. <laughs> Future ex-wife. Future ex-wife, sorry. I don't know. I think Jeannie's more your type. My type? Yeah. I'm already married. I got three kids. Ah, you that's can still D-Bird. it. That's D-Bird ex-wife material. Yeah. But yeah, Mason Rudolph loses his starting job as Mitch Trubisky signs with the Steelers, and then uh, he and Jeannie Bouchard break up. Tough week. <laughs> Poor bastard. Maybe you can go for Jeannie's twin sister. She needs to stay relevant, right? Yep. She might as well. You might as well. Wait, yeah. Jeannie's got a twin sister? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't fucking know this. Get on the Instagram, knowledge, Kudo. Knowledge is power, Kudo. I mean, I'm going to be lost <laughs> for a couple of minutes here. <laughs> did you guys see this? Did you just see this Urban Meyer story that broke this week that indicated that he had no idea who his opponent's best players were and he didn't kind of game plan for any? Yeah, he didn't like know who Aaron Donald was. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, come on, dude. Who's 99 out there? Is he good? That's, no, that's got to be like... Can you say, I heard he's going to be a bit of a problem for us? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. Wow, dude. Uh, I don't know if he's being sarcastic or what, but that's... Must be like, you know, maybe that's the college football coach. And you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, these guys all suck. You know, they're... Not <laughs> we'll figure out the one guy who's having a good game and we'll we'll neutralize him and then... Yeah. Uh, we'll win the game, you know? Like, you know, they don't watch game tape and... You know, see JJ Watt coming at him every play, and think, yeah, maybe we should plan uh, specifically for JJ Watt when he when he lines up outside or when he's in the middle, and you know, like when Aaron Donald's lining up all over the field, and you got your backup tight end, and you got, you got Tim Tebow in there blocking him, and uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, that just that just boggles my mind that you don't know who the other team's best players are. That's yeah, like. like as an NFL coach. Yeah, especially as an NFL coach. I'm like, I just think about coaching 12-year-old kids hockey and 
we know who the other team's best players are. And it's like, these are the three guys that you need to watch this game. And you try and shut them down to win the game. And I think that an NFL coach is like, he doesn't care. It's like, huh? all right, then. That's why he's in the NFL and you're coaching kids. Exactly. Any other football? Could be back with us yet? Not yet. <laughs> All right, let's get into some baseball here. Uh, a couple spring training stories from this week. Uh, the one biggest free agent on the market, uh, Carlos Correa. He signed with the Minnesota Twins of all teams. Uh, he signed a three-year deal worth, I want to say, $100 million or something like that. I think it was a petty deal that paid him like $100,000 more than somebody else to make him the highest paid infielder. I think you're right. I'm trying to think who we got more than, but it was like a hundred, it was like a hundred K more. Fucking kudos. This is kudos supposed to be on this shit. Yeah, fucking kudo. Oh, uh, you heard me. Sorry. I was just, um, something with Patrice. I don't know. $105 million. I think it, I just read. So he signed, it's a $35.1 million per season. Yeah. Somebody's getting $35 million. The Astros didn't match. $105.3 million. I'm seeing here, Corey Seager's getting $37.5, so, and Trout's getting $35.45. So I don't know. I guess I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But Scherzer's getting fucking $43 million this season. <laughs> How fucking stupid is that? It's It's $100,000 higher average annual than um, Anthony Rendon. There we go. Corey Seager's is 37.5, but his average, is, so his is more front-loaded. His average is 32.5. Trout's, so for so he's the highest paid infielder um, for average annual by $100,000. Aren't you guys Figured glad you spent the time looking that up? Fuck. Kudo's too busy looking at Instagram. No, I'm not anymore. Oh, he he's jerking off over there. Yeah, okay, bud. That's why he's sweating. <laughs> I'm not sweating. You're fucking sweating over there. This fucking camera's moving all over the place, too. No, that's that's Pigs, because Pigs keeps fucking moving around. My cam- my laptop is sitting on my lap. Yeah, and it keeps moving up and down. Sure I does. I wonder why. Well, we're talking about Genie. Um, catchers are using a pitch-calling device in spring training here. Um, it gives a remote pitch call to the player, uh, to the pitcher. An infielder can wear it, and the catcher wears it. So he presses like a button, like the the one, and it'll it'll just tell them fastball. Yep. And it's a little, apparently, a little device they wear in their hat that just relays the the pitch call to them. Well, the play, like the the receivers, the, like catch, the... the catcher presses the thing, and then it. But he can hear it too. So he, if he makes yeah. a mistake, he can cancel it. Yeah. What do you mean you hear it? So it just like speaks into your. Uh, uh, so it's, it's like having like um. Is it like the NFL Alexa or like or Siri or whatever other fucking shits? They just like talk. It's like that's not like the NFL yeah. where they've got like the right into the QB's ear where they're like no. Uh, I, I think it's similar. I, it goes in the hat, so I don't. It doesn't go right into the ear. No, but they can adjust the volume on it apparently. Um, yeah, because so that's the thing they're just, worried about is other players hearing. It's I don't know like, whether it, it hangs down a little bit, like in front of the ear out of the hat or or how it is, but it just like speaks into their ear. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. yeah. Is this so they can't steal signs? Yeah. It's, yeah. So when there's a guy on second base, that's when they use it. Instead well, of like they can the, use it, they can use it anytime. Yeah. But, but yeah. instead of having the catcher have to go out there when there's a guy on second. And relay a bunch and, of and, signals. And, and say, hey, we're yeah. changing up the signals or whatever. Now, instead of doing all that, it's just... He has to. He could stay behind the plate and just tell them what pitch is coming, or what pitch he wants the pitcher to throw, and then the second baseman and shortstop can kind of know what's happening too, so they know what they're doing. The Rays used it, and apparently they loved it. And apparently, it's going to speed up pace of play too. That's yeah. what they're because even the umpire was like, uh, noticing it as well during the game. Because when the one pitcher was in, they were using it. The Blue Jays were trying it out yesterday or today. I didn't read how it went, but. So how long before they like hack into these systems and like fucking sign steal this way? Well, it's going to be interesting when the catcher accidentally has it too loud and the batter hears fastball and he's like, all right, sweet fastball's coming. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that that's what they said. The catcher thought it was he had his too loud, and he was worried yeah. that they could have heard it or something. But then he turned down the volume, so I'm sure they'll get that sorted yeah, out. Yeah, then what if there. the second baseman's too close to second base and the runner hears him or something, right? Because he's trying to hold the guy on, and he's like, "Oh, I just heard fucking curveball," and then he tries to tell his batter, "Like, hey, curveball's coming." Yeah. Well, I'm sure that guy's going to stay away from holding the runner on while they're picking, picking the yeah. uh, the pitch sequence, right? Like, yeah, it's not I'm like just the first saying, baseman. Like, if he has it too loud or something, you know I mean, like you could probably hear it depending on where he's standing on the field. But too, you're also right? going to have crowd noise too. It's not like it's not going to be a dead stadium either. So, oh yeah. Or else if it was a dead stadium, everyone could fucking probably hear it. Yeah. And then apparently they have created the Otani rule um, <laughs> yeah. because, because they're using a universal DH this year. The rule is if a pitcher is, a, is used to hit for themselves, then when they when that pitcher comes out of the game, they have to remain in the game as, as the designated hitter. So I would assume they could still pinch hit for the guy. So if you wanted to take Otani out after the game, you could pinch hit for him and then have another designated hitter. Yep. But you don't lose the DH for the game. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely the Otani rule because nobody else is doing that yet. But there are a yep. couple of hybrid players, I guess, that are going to be coming up. So, you know, it may maybe beneficial for them down the line. So Yeah, because a lot of these pitchers that play college, they're batting as well, right? And a lot of them can actually hit the ball. So if this is a yeah, thing and they're going to start using these guys, like, hey, if you can hit be, it, screw it, be the GH. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them aren't good enough to be two-position to guys, but no. like Madison Baumgartner or something probably could have been. Yeah. There's this the kid, um, what's his they, name, Hunter, Hunter Green or something like that that's coming up for the Reds, I think. He's a, he's a t- uh, dual player. Yeah, Baumgartner can now fucking be the DH and hit. Yeah, but I don't think he hits as well anymore. He's like 30-somethings and like late yeah, he 30s. He probably can still hit a bomb here and there. Yeah, but are you going to want to just have him in there try to hit a bomb or and hit, you know, 100? Or do you want to have an actual Major League Baseball player in that role? Right? Yeah, I guess for the DH part, but they have used Baumgartner as a pitch hitter. Yeah. All right, that's it for, for baseball news. Let's get into some stuff. How's your how's your brackets looking? Better than yours. Looking awful. You still got all your all your teams there, Kudo, or what? Uh, my final four is still intact. Really? Yep. That's good. Mine is not. Probably not after this Jones weekend. We'll not. have to wait and see, though. <laughs> I've lost two of my final four. Jones has lost one. Pretty sure I'm in first in the pool we're in as well with our brackets. Nice. Let's see. I don't even. Uh, know. How did your so upsets go? Fucking brackets. I got a couple right. I felt like I got all three of my upsets right. That's the only thing I can. I forget. I forgot to write down my upsets. You had um, Loyola over Ohio State. Didn't which happen. I don't think hit. No, that, that one didn't happen. happen. You had Michigan over Colorado, that which I think happened. that happened. Yeah. And then you had San Fran over Murray State, and that one did not happen. I don't think. No. I had one more. Um, Jones, you had Notre Dame or Rutgers over Alabama. That one hit. Yeah. You had San Diego State over Providence. That one did not hit. Nope. And then you had Loyola. And I had Richmond over Iowa, and that one hit. I had Iowa State over LSU, and then I had Iowa State over Wisconsin. To the bank, all three of those ones. But then I had Auburn <laughs> in the final four and winning it all, and I had Illinois in the final four. So you take the take the good with the bad. I'm trying to find my bracket here, I don't even know where the fuck it is. Oh, here it is. I have two final four teams out. I think no, no, just one. Jones, just Kentucky well, from our picks, anyways. Yeah, my brackets. I changed something in the south. Yeah, Kudo's winning. You've got a potential max of one sixty. Kudo, nice. And then you got Dane Train. He's got a potential max of 121. Jones has a potential max 88. Hanlon, potential max 76. I have a potential max of 91. I'm in fifth. And Kermasco has a potential 125. And he's in uh, in sixth. That's all because I fucking changed my south region too. Yeah, Kudu, you got 34 picks correct so far. Sweet. Hopefully it keeps going. Hopefully your final fours, and I hope I hope Villanova and Kansas lose this week. Fuck you, Gonzaga and Purdue win because then I think I'll win the pool if those Purdue's guys out. Purdue's out. Or no, Purdue's sorry, Purdue's not out. Sorry, Purdue's not out. I I was thinking Baylor. My bad. Baylor's out, not Purdue. 
Yeah, Baylor's first number one seed going home. I had Baylor going to the final of the East, though, but I had them losing. My the West final. bracket looks real good. You didn't have it in our pool, Kudo. What? You didn't pick Baylor in our pool. Yes, I know that. I'm saying I have them. I had them going to the final of the East, but losing. Oh, of the bracket. Purdue. In the bracket. Elite, to, eight. Elite yeah. eight. Gotcha. Yeah. What else we got going on? We Eve Gascon. She made her Quebec Major Junior Hockey League debut for in net for the Gatineau Olympique last week. Yep. I don't know how old she is, but uh, I think she played well too. I can't remember what happened. They lost in overtime. Got, yeah, but she played well. I remember she seeing some of the saves she made. She's still playing with them, or did they only give her one game? I have no idea. Just just enough to fuck her out of going to the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what that rule's like between. Uh, she can redshirt a year and go into the NCAA. Yeah. Which would most likely happen for a goalie anyways. Did you guys watch Big Brother this week? Uh, I haven't seen the eviction. Wild fucking week. A lot so of my, drama. Uh, yeah. So my my podcast guy that I picked, Kyle, he won uh, HOH. What a fucking mess. The guy was just like, you know drunk on power and just blew up all of his alliances like he had he had so many alliances he just blew up because he was worried about you know whatever and then like everyone in his alliance can't like feel like they can't trust him now like yeah and then so then he uh uh, the one girl i forget what her name steph she told moose apparently that um she didn't trust kyle so moose tells kyle that Kyle tells Steph that. Then Steph brings in Moose, and they have a back and forth about it. And then the outcome is that Steph and Moose are cool, and Kyle thinks now Moose is a threat because Moose... (laughs) Moose is a liar. Because Moose Moose talked himself out of the the issue. So then he nominates Steph and Moose uh, for eviction. We go to the power... And and he's in alliances with, with Steph and Moose. Yep. So they do the veto competition. Moose wins the veto, takes himself down. Marty made a comment about making a strong move. He was going to put like Betty up. He told Betty twice this week that she was going up, and she didn't go up at all. Nope. <laughs> Before both nominations, he told her she was going up, and she didn't go up. And then he nominated, was is Josh the guy's name? Yep. Yeah. Josh? Yep. Um, so Josh goes up. So now it's Josh and Steph. And the house is fucking furious, like because he was because Josh was in his alliance too, and so then I know you guys are, are behind. You want me to tell you what happens? Well, go ahead. I'm okay with knowing. So they get to eviction night. So you know the house is kind of divided, and the swing votes are essentially like Marty, Kevin, and Jess, and they're all supposed to. They've all told Kyle they're going to vote. Step. Uh, they're going to vote Josh out. And then they feel they figured everybody, all, all the girls would kind of follow suit. But those were the main ones. So Jess is like, I like Josh. I need him here. Um, so she says that to Kevin. So Kevin's like, ah, I don't know. And he he's kind of like manipulating the game a little bit. And he just kind of waits for his opportunity. So he's having a conversation with Marty. And Marty kind of brings up that, you know, he doesn't you know like what Kyle's doing. He thinks maybe they should vote to keep Josh this week. So then Kevin slides in and, you know, takes advantage of that. So they flip the house. The vote ends up being nine to two complete blindside for, (laughs) uh, for Kyle, uh, JC Lynn and Gino who voted for Steph to stay. And, uh, yeah. So now we're into a new week, new HOH. And, uh, we'll see what the aftermath of, uh, Kyle's reign of terror (laughs) is on the game here. And I had, all three of my players on the block this week. I had Moose and Steph on the block, and then Moose comes up, and my boy Josh goes on the block. Yeah, that's some negative points for you, Kudo. I think I'm going to go with the Jones. It'll be like a zero or a negative after this week. I had uh, I have Kyle, who won the HOH. I have Moose, who got nominated, and then I have Moose, who won the veto, and then Kevin, and I don't think Kevin did anything this week, so... But I'm really glad you guys talked me into taking Kevin. I think he's going to win this game. That I know, just fuck. like that was all Jones. It wasn't me. It was Jones. He's like a criminal mastermind. Like. That guy. Like, <laughs> but they're catching on to him because they a couple of them said like, "Oh, you're playing the whole like I'm stupid, but you're not stupid." Like they're starting but to slowly catch on. That was it. Like Betty was having it out with him, but then um, they they kind of made up this week. They had a moment. They showed on the show. So he's a, he's 
starting to win them win some people over with his with his personality too so he's playing he's playing stupid but now he's kind of opening his uh what do you call it his uh showing his personality social game oh. yeah he's opening his social game a little bit and, yeah. and starting to bring people in so we'll see we'll see what happens going forward uh and then survivor uh, i'm trying to remember what happened you guys watch survivor Jones? no i don't watch survivor you don't watch survivor no, i don't got time for survivor bro i did watch it but can I remember what happened? I don't think there was too much that no. happened this week. Uh, the only thing that happened was so, uh, is it Roxroy that found the. No, it was Mike. Somebody, Mike Mike found the first idol. So it's the same thing as last time. They got to say the phrase. And then once all the phrases are activated, then the idols become active. And until then, you lose your vote. So Mike found the first one. He lost his vote. He told. Um, uh, the guy on my team, Daniel. Yeah. And uh, Daniel told him, well, I think you should just not say anything. Don't let the other people know you have it until it's out there when it, you can get some power. So so he just basically has no vote. He's just holding on to it. Daniel's trying to manipulate him that he doesn't want to see this thing get played ever. So he's just kind of like, whatever, you know, he's just waiting to, He doesn't want. he doesn't want them to play it. So... So they went to the tribe or they went to the immunity comp. Nobody said anything. So it doesn't seem like anybody else has found uh, found the idol. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks here. Uh, I don't really remember what the competition was, but I know that... It was the blindfolded one. Oh, yeah. And and Kudo's guy, Jonathan, first overall pick, was calling. And he's just like the big muscle guy. And he's just yelling at his team. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Full on. So they ended up... Like they lost the competition because uh, they had to. They, so they had to blind. He had to navigate them through like a minefield essentially and pick up all these puzzle pieces. And then they had to all go. And he had to. They were blindfolded. And he had to tell them how to build the puzzle blindfolded. Uh, so they lost. So they went to tribal and they voted uh, Maria out. So was Maria? The, Maria was the oldest player in the game, right? She's like the mom. She was a stay-at-home mom herself. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was like she was like. Her goal was to try to reinvent herself or find herself or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. So anyway, she's gone. So Jones Jones lost a player. My last pick. My last pick's gone. So through two weeks, we've all lost a player. Good. And that's it for Survivor. Do you have anything else there? Oh, WWE. Did you watch Raw last night or Monday? Yep. So they opened the show, and it's a big fucking stone cold glass break. Fucking the crowd's going nuts. Biggest pop like in of... Like forever, like Stone Cold, Stone Cold, and fucking Kevin Owens comes out in a fucking skull cap, wearing an Austin three sixteen shirt and shorts <laughs> and the awesome. knee braces. Um, it was so fucking good, and and then like midway, he's calling out Steve Austin, and and like midway through his uh, his segment. Stone Cold's music plays again, and, you, and the, the another big pop, and then he just starts like laughing at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it fake. Was, what a fake it out! Was fucking awesome. Yeah, like this is like '90s wrestling when they were doing all these like you know fake promos and stuff. This one was it was so good, perfect way to start the show. Probably the best moment of the week, I think, in oh, wrestling yeah. was that. It reminded me of like you know when DX used to make fun of like the nation and dress up and all that. That's what it was. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anybody's really done a good Stone Cold impersonation. Like, I don't, no. I don't remember anybody ever, like, doing Stone Cold back in the day. Like, it was always, like, the Raw. They always make fun of The Rock and yeah. Vince McMahon or whoever. But. I always – I thought at first, too, that, like, Kevin Owens went full out and actually shaved his head. The way he – at first when he comes out, like, I'm like, holy fuck, he legit shaved his head. But then I realized, oh, no, it's just a ball cap. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. It was awesome though. On SmackDown, uh, the Bloodline was out cutting a promo, and Paul Heyman interrupts and says, "Oh, Brock Lesnar's not coming tonight. His flight from Saskatchewan's been delayed." And then, like two minutes later, he interrupts again and says, "His flight wasn't delayed. He's he's on his way here now." So they all take off out of the arena, and then. Uh, like just being big pussies after calling out Brock and telling him what they're going to do to him if he shows up there. Uh, so they bolt, they get in their SUV, and then Brock runs over the SUV with a fucking uh, forklift, like a scissor, scissor forklift kind of thing, like an extended extension forklift. Flips the flips the car over. Then they all got out of the car somehow, and they 
got into a, a pickup truck and Brock chases down the pickup truck and rips the door off it. And then he goes to the ring, cuts a promo with the door in his hand. I think wrestling, they're, they're trying to bring back the, the attitude era. Like they're, they're just trying to do these things, bring back, bring back what worked in the nineties when they were in the battle with WCW. Yep. It's working a little bit. I'm interested. Most of the storylines still shit though, but oh, yeah. they have a couple, couple Fuck. things that are, are worth watching right now. This is those two things right now. The bloodline with Brock and Kevin Owens and Stone Cold is the only two real things right now. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee oh, that is still entertaining. I fucking, I'm enjoying that one. Yeah, he's he cut a promo on uh, on Thursday night. Austin Theory. I think he's, they're going to have a decent match. Dude. Austin Theory is good in the ring. He's a, he's a bit of a loser as a character, but he's a good wrestler. So I think they'll have yeah. a good WrestleMania match. Yeah, and it seems like Pat McAfee has been training with Finn Balor. At least that's what he said on Smack or on Raw. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, he's he's got his own ring at the office, and so he trains all the time. So I oh, think yeah. you know he he was good in in NXT. Like he put on a good match with uh, with Adam Cole. Yep. And then he was decent in the uh, War Games match. Yeah, he did well in that. Yeah, that's it for my stuff. So Jones, you got anything else for us on the grill? Oh, I can. I could think of a few things for you guys. Grill it up. It's the grill. It's the grill. Let's do some more start, sit, bench. Just just for the hell of it. First one, next coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Holy fuck. St. Louis, Tortorella, or Paul Maurice, just because Kev gave it out there. St. Louis already the coach. Yeah, but is he going to continue to with his job next year, or is are you going to are you going to cut him? St. Louis, Paul Maurice, and then uh, Torella. Well, I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't care really. I, I think it makes sense. St. Louis and Tortorella. So St. Louis starts. Tortorella sits, and you cut. Maurice, I guess. All right. Uh, playmaker, NHL playmaker, not goal scorer, playmaker. Jonathan Huberto, Panarin, or Johnny Goudreau? Start Panarin, sit Huberto, cut Goudreau. I'm starting Hubie. I'm benching Goudreau. And I'm cutting Panarin. All right. Okay, cut the bread, man. Yeah, you got to cut bread. That's what you do All with right. bread. You got to cut it. NHL. Norris winner this year. Who do you guys got? I would have said Makar up until a couple weeks ago, but I think Roman Yossi is making a case. He, he's almost putting himself in the MVP uh, category. Yeah, I like Roman because I have him on one of my fantasy teams, and he's been really fucking amazing. But any of those two right now are definitely – can't you just be, have co-winners? Just have them both win it? <laughs> nope. No co-winners. I, I'm pretty sure I have both of them on one of my fucking fantasy teams. Well, look at you fucking go, eh, Kudo? Yeah, that's why I'm fucking doing so well. All right, last one. You ready for it? Bring it on. Start, sit, bench, or cut. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan. I like it. I'm, I like I'm doing it. in terms of wrestling. Hulk Hogan can't wrestle. I'm doing as because Macho Man is my all-time favorite. But then you have to have Hulk Hogan on the bench for him because you have to have the mega powers together. And then Ultimate War, I'm sorry, dude, but I know you had like the Ultimate Maniacs or whatever you had going on with the the Savage there. They had something at one point. They were a tag team for like a little bit. On the edge of a lightning bolt, yeah, we are. We are the Ultimate Maniacs and we are Ultimate Survivors. We're not planning a hit. Welcome to the big time because we're already here and we ain't going nowhere. Do you dig what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come bring it to us Wait, and we'll bring it home tonight. Okay, that's all I got. I was going to try and find one with the Rock and Sock connection, but I thought you were going to put The Undertaker in there. but I was, I was really trying to find a good tag team to go with the Rock and Sock connection, but I don't think anyone lives up to Rock Sock, so that's all I got. All right, pig. Well, is that it? I guess, I guess so, eh? We don't got any more uh, sports and stuff? I did want to talk about um, that uh, Evgeny Dadanoff trade that got voided. We missed that earlier. Yeah, he didn't get his fucking 
thing in in time or something stupid. Reminds me of a Smith fantasy hockey pool or something. (laughs) (laughs) Void the trade. Veto. Veto. Too many draft. Too many draft picks involved. Can't trade Ryan Kessler's contract. Veto. Oh, you're trading it to Hosker? He's on. He's on a no trade list. He can't veto. Veto. (laughs) Trades are still getting vetoed. He's on the automatic veto list. There's no draft picks involved, and there's still vetoed trades. Well, it's because you can't make a fair trade if you don't have draft picks involved. Yeah, for yeah, in a keeper league. Like, yeah. all right. Well, that's for uh, next episode or some shit or a later date. All right, time to go to bed, and I'll go fuck myself. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for ninety second episode. We really appreciate all the support. Oh, dog episode. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff, and follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. No and in that one. Feel free to email us at Into Sports and Stuff at gmail.com and send us your personal picks of the week or let us know any topics you want to talk about on the show. Check out Public and MeUndies in the show notes. Don't forget to talk into your microphone and don't also don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And hit up our fan page on Facebook. We'll see you next week and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, Tyreek Hill, before you go swimming with the dolphins, how about you go ahead and hit the music? Vito! Bye. 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 Bye.